That's correct. Wait, 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 wait. You're not letting me finish, bro. This is how you become bulletproof. 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 All right. It's a hot start. It's well, a it's hot a hot start, start because uh, I just said, like, I wish you were here today. Oh, and right. you're at your and you're at your farm with like right. a, a, like a friendly background. I can tell you're about to go play in the woods and like yeah, like go, go play your go play hide and seek by myself. Yeah, maybe. that's that what he's cool. doing. Hide and seek. Hide and seek with his. Oh cows. my god, I found you! I found you, Dad. <laughs> play freeze <laughs> tag. It's gonna be awesome. That could, that could go in a weird, creepy way really quick. I found you. Yeah, good. So, yeah, I, but yeah, and so what I was saying is like I feel like I am I am in a phase of my life where I am eating glass and i'm working like craig's like you're at the ranch what i was saying and i feel like i'm monday through friday just grinding grinding in a different mode and and, yeah. and craig was like i don't feel I, sorry I, for you well <laughs> i just said like hey listen you said it yourself you're like i'd like to just go back to where my life was two years ago and i asked you a very simple question do you want to go back to your income two years ago and immediately like hell no mm. so that means you need to STFU. You either growing and you're hustling and making more, or you're cruising. But Trey, you, are you, you super grow. busy right now? Just like it as as a whole, you no, are. I'm, drown, I'm drowning. Okay, of and course he is. Look at what he's just done. Yeah, that's true. All right, look, I, I wasn't I wasn't a woe as me. I just felt like you know it's a good goal to get back to kind of a little bit more balance. I feel like I'm always like either on you know anyway well it's the strivers curse though pete just because i think it's important you know what was you, that you, from the strivers curse that was that, that i don't know uh, no i I'm think gonna, that was on uh, the oprah thing we talk about no the arthur brooks um strength to strength strength to strength well whatever it is i mean like look there's boredom and like i gotta do more and then you take it on and the problem with taking on tasks is it's not linear it's chunks trey how many offices have you, have you bought and, or opened in the last two years Oh, uh, there's four this year. It's crazy. Um, That's insane. That's freaking insane. And then Peter, how many practices have you bought or opened in the last two years? Three. That's insane. Equally insane. One is insane. One is an insane amount of workload because it's just a lot to add on. So, I mean, no wonder why you're feeling that way. Pete, one of the things that I, I've, I was thinking about this the other day, and you get into the situation of you have to build the the foundation and the infrastructure as you, as you're driving yes. forward. And one of the things that I keep telling myself, cause I'm finding myself kind of in that same mentality of you think back a year or two ago and think, man, that was awesome in terms of where I was, what I was doing, my role and everything. And then you see things drive forward and you're building a stage where you're seeing, you're building the, the on-ramp. Right. And once you get on it, that comes back you've built cash flows, you have more, more revenue streams, you have all these things in place, but the front end is a ton of work and getting it to that point where I'm starting to see my calendar fill up, which drives me crazy. That's, that's the part where you think, shit, I gotta be, and, and you gotta, you have to really get that. You got, you have to be more efficient with your time. What do y'all think would happen? <laughs> So no, and I, I knew it would happen. I've already been yeah, through it. And I'm I sure don't know, you have too. I, it's just I, it scales up with each, I get each revolution because I feel like I'm always talking about systems and processes, right? And I find myself in even in today's day and age doing things. I'm like, why am I doing this? Right. And and because so, your systems and processes were built for the organization you had, not you know, and even the best prognostication you can do, your systems and processes break because you're expanding, and that's what they're supposed to do. 
You, All you right, know. listen to this. Going back to the Strivers Curse, I looked it up. Because if I remember when I remember reading that or listening from that podcast that you've sent everybody, Craig, that strength to strength in the Arthur Brooks thing, and it helped out a ton of people. I remember listening to that. So he says this: the Strivers Curse is that people are trying to bank their successes and be happy as a result of that tend to be unhappier, not happier. So they're banking. And I think it's like the next, next, next. And so that has always been like my, my, you know, my curse. <laughs> yeah. That's All right. Why, that's why we said it. But okay. I mean, I think it's, um, it's a, a natural cycle for you, uh, for most people. And, um, what, what drives us in the beginning is, is, uh, being productive and we all can remember the days when the phone barely rang and finally rang and it was our girlfriend or our mother and they're like shit it's not a patient and a lot of us need to get really really far away from being broke and uh it's you know, everybody's on their path it's all good i i admire what you guys are doing Joe, so, you gotta uh, think too uh, think of the alternative i mean and i struggle with this if you just stopped and right. hung out yep what's that look like? Cause yeah. that's my, that's my personal nightmare of, of not feeling like I'm working towards something. And although I don't bank on the end result, but I've learned, I, it took me a while to figure that out, but I love the journey. I love the, the stress and the, the building and everything else. And I, I never get there. Cause as soon as I do, I start over. I that's a again. good, that's a good statement, Trey, because you're right. Because the, the converse you know, look, being busy as shit and like you want something done, give it to a busy person, right? The converse is like, well, what do you want? Like you want to sit there on a beach and like that's even you're right. That's you talk about personal, you talk about jail, you know, yeah. personal jail. That's you know, not having anything to do or any purpose or any fulfillment. Like that's that's, that's a delicate balance, I think you guys are pointing to. And I don't want to intimate, you know, by 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 being a counterpoint to your conversation that I'm just chilling. Um, but I, I do think there's a delicate balance to it. Um you know, I, I, I know I don't want to retire. I don't want to be not busy to, you know, I'll be flying to Tennessee later mm. this week. I'm speaking for Seattle study club. Um, oh, really? give a shout out to a uh, Sully, Sully Sullivan. Is that his oh, real yeah. name? Sully Sullivan. It just seems too good to be a real name, but I'm going to go with it. So I'm speaking for him, um, at his Seattle study club on in Nashville on Friday. Um, so that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Nashville, huh? Spreading the, spe spreading the bulletproof gospel. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know who else was spreading the bulletproof gospel? Uh, who? Oh, yeah, it's true. Duh, I walked right into that one. <laughs> well, that's you know, as being the greatest panel moderator in history, I can I can actually segue us into things really effortlessly. So here we are, Craig. So the bulletproof gospel is actually spread by a guy who's super popular on Twitter. He's probably the most, I the probably most famous Twitter accountant there is. He's been on our pod. His name is Mitchell Baldridge. Um, he's got, he's been on our pod a couple of times and really we got some great feedback from, him. and I think Craig, we, maybe you, you we leaned, leaned into him for some concepts um, that were good enough where he kind of resonated on his own channels about the concept of entrepreneurial profit. Hallelujah. Craig, I know you push Speaking on gospel. This, you push on this a lot in our mastermind and, and you make people quantify this in their own practice because we have a tendency to conflate as dentists, especially solo operators. Um, we have a tendency to conflate the, the cost of doing dentistry or, or the profits of doing dentistry versus the profits of, of owning your, the business. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's a unique distinction. It's a good exercise to kind of, 
elevate your business acumen. Um, and I will, I will shut up there. Well, I think, um, just to kind of double click on what you just said, you don't necessarily have a business and that's okay. It's totally cool. Cause being a dentist is an amazing job. Even if you work for yourself, um, you know, LeBron <laughs> well, James, well, Craig, let, let's unpack look, before we get to the, the, the theory of, of the, all that high level stuff, we haven't told people how to get there for them to figure it out themselves. Sure. Do you go want to it. go through the calculus or you want me to, I mean, I, uh, I'll take a stab at it. And if I get too wordy, you just jump in like you usually do. I meant that. I know it's true. I'm projecting now. I'm projecting. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me project. Yeah. Let's get it right. Yeah, me I get and, it right. I'm the interrupter. My review are going to get all over you again. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I can't have with my L of one. I might just quit if I get one more. <laughs> anyway, um, entrepreneurial profit is basically, so you have your top line of your business. You do a million dollars a year and you take um, a hundred thousand dollars salary as the dentist. Cause you know, whatever. And, uh, cause that's what your accountant told you to do. And you look down at the bottom line and you have a $400,000 net profit, uh, including, you know, uh, not including your hundred thousand dollar, um, salary. So you get, wow, $500,000 is what my business makes. I have a 50% net profit. And then you go to a bulletproof summary, you listen to a podcast and you hear this thing called entrepreneurial profit, which means that you have to pay yourself as a dentist. So you're working in your practice for free. If you were to replace yourself, a guy that does, you know, a million dollars a year or whatever, that requires typically at the low, low end, 28 to 35% of that production or collection to be paid to you. So what entrepreneurial profit means is a million dollar top line. You do, let's say $500,000 or $800,000 worth of that dentistry. You have to put on the P&L, your profit and loss statement, 35%, let's use that number for as, as, as an example, of the 800 grand mm -hmm. so that everything that drops down after that is the true profit for owning that business. For many people that go through this calculus, they realize that if they pay themselves 30, 32, 35%, the bottom line is actually negative. And what that cold, hard reality means is that your business, owning your business, costs you money versus being associating right versus being yeah. okay yeah. so an easier way and to that's do a that, hard pill to swallow you made, by that, the way. you made that very uh you made that that hard harder okay, got it. well it took it we'll edit that out we'll just go with you my opinion so we'll i'll give some uh, so, yeah, peter why don't you take a stab at it well, take, a stab? take your p l right for the month look at the bottom it's gonna whatever it says right then go back and abate your Ooh, abate, 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 that's your, a hard abate one. your abate what your what the cost would have taken so if it's 30 percent, let's say you did a hundred thousand dollars right mm. it would cost thirty thousand dollars if you were to bring someone in to do the dentistry so you you take that thirty thousand dollars and you abate it from the profits of the month and that shows you what either your negative if, if it's less than thirty thousand you had trouble, right you're like you're saying to your yeah. point you didn't better serve if it's greater than that the delta of that greater is actually where your entrepreneurial profit is, or another word for that is that profit or EBITDA. EBITDA, right? Well, I guess that's not really EBITDA because we'd, we'd be adding yeah, things back. It, it it's, part, it's part of it. It's part of the calculation. It's just what you what you have to mm -hmm. show monetarily for the struggle and the hassle and effort to own your business. It shows that. So it's, it's a really the operating. Good. It's the operating income of it. The net operating income of it. 
of your business. So uh, if it, if that number feels good and you say it's commensurate for the effort I put into running my business, you're doing, that's great. If it feels bad or you're losing money, it's just a cold reality that you either need to get better training, scale your business, or maybe it's time to, you know, consider another option. But a good um, way to describe this to people too, as I say, look, what if, what if someone came along to you and said, I want to buy your practice, you stay on, right? Like I'm not a dentist, therefore this is what kind of profits could I expect from buying your business as an entrepreneur, not a dentist as an entrepreneur. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And that, that is what you could expect to see at, as a check after the, after you are paid for your cost of labor or your cost of dentistry. Right. That's, that's what that person could expect as a dividend from the investment in your practice. Right. right? You want to own why, the car wash, but you don't actually want to wash cars. That's why we hear about private equity and talking about three turns, five turns, five X, EBITDA, six turns, right? It's the, what can they expect in return for the, for the investment they made? Right. And so, so go to that tweet, if you don't mind, because he, he actually even wrote it down a little bit more eloquently than both you and I mean? did. Great. Well, and, well and, than I did for sure. Than Pete, I, did I think you sure. got to, what you just said starts to muddy the water a little bit because when you oh, start great. talking about turns and you start talking about bites of the apple from a, from a, a capitalization event, you're getting away from the fact that what this is really talking about is cash flow and operating profit of money coming out not as opposed to arbitrage coming in from roll-up type plays. Can you unpack what, uh, that's a very good concept that you guys are uh, sparring over right now. Just unpack that for the ordinary listener. So what Pete kind of talked about just then is, is the classic sell to private equity. You're coming in with a, a portion of stock valued at X and then they go and now what under their umbrella there, they, they, are, you're, Basically, your uh, enterprise is worth more because they're worth more. Uh -huh. Well, <laughs> and they keep flipping it and selling it as things get bigger. So you have a valuation of a company that is bigger and can be sold to a bigger fish for a bigger number, even though it's the same. You're talking deal. about a roll-up scenario. I actually wasn't talking about rolling up practices and there being the arbitrage in that roll-up. I was just saying when some when you hear of an offer, right? Oh, I'm getting five turns on my EBITDA. Right. I'm not even talking about the arbitrage. So um, you're, yeah. So you're explaining what that number is, what they're basing the number off of. Correct. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. it. I think for the sake of the listener, that's, you know, this, just to stay on one smaller segment of this topic, because I think when we start talking about private equity and sale and all that stuff, it, it adds another layer of complexity to it. And I think this, unfortunately, is it, this concept can't be glossed over. People don't readily understand this. They don't understand that in order to find out what their business, generates beyond their dentistry is is very cryptic for most dentists i guarantee most dentists listening to this don't know this unfortunately so, so you want to read this This is actually pretty good actually you, if you want to read this um because you say this a lot like look you can go anywhere and you can have you know what risk do you have you can go and and move states and you still have an in-demand job Basically, yeah. what he's saying is this, Craig. I don't know if you can see it on your screen. Here. I can see it, but I don't have my glasses on. I don't want you to make fun. And it's a great example to think about this concept. They are in high demand and can basically get a job or a high-paying work anytime they want. This means that in order to own a practice, they better be getting tremendous value from their business. If you do not want to own, hone people, hone people, sharpen people, 
your branding and systems of your business to build something bigger than yourself, you might be better off having a job. 100%. Hallelujah. That was the most important thing. So we are sold the narrative in dentistry by the supply houses, the banks, and all these other things is convincing everyone they should be like the three of us. And let's face it, we're built differently. I don't know if it's better or worse. I'm not saying that. It's just the the way this podcast started off, you guys are addicted to the strive and and, and the growth. I am too. I mean, just to maybe to, you know, at this moment, I'm, I'm, I'm in, a, in a low gear for a second. But um, most dentists, by virtue of our training and selection of the career, are not built like that. Mm. They tend to be introverted. They tend to like direct patient care. It's very different. It's a total different skill set. You know, your successes and failure for a dentist are in the micron. You are rewarded for being myopic. The successes and failures in the business are in the macro, and you're rewarded for being a bigger thinker. So by virtue of being an ex exceptional dentist, it kind of naturally selects out a lot of entrepreneurs. So I think the worst thing we can do on this podcast is convince people who are not built this way to do this. And the way to look at the math is to do the entrepreneurial profit exercise and find out if you are as good as you think. Yeah. And it is just that. I think, I think when you're a solo practitioner, it's very academic. It's just, it doesn't mean anything, right? Cause your take home you are, and your, and your dentistry are conflated and you take them home and you don't really care. But I think it is a good exercise to evaluate on the merits of, of, operationally plus dentistry and efficiency of your of your of your of your practice right it's a good so, it's a good exercise to compare apples to apples yeah it's yeah. sobering i remember having um <laughs> at one point i remember doing like 1.8 million dollars of personal collection as a dentist mm -hmm. uh having like a five million dollar or six million dollar top line and my net was like 200 grand at that particular inflection point what was I paid if I took home 200 grand on 1.8 million? What was my percentage of collections I was making that year? Whatever it is, it was shitty, right? We can all agree it was you shit. Would, you wouldn't take that job. Right. So I had the uncomfortable um, situation of having to pivot and grow. And everybody asked the same question to us. How do I add an associate, give them the work and still maintain my income? And the answer to all of us is unequivocally, you don't. Right. I mean, is there any way to well gonna... not with one? No. Yes. No, but your I mean, first there is a way there is your second. What you're doing if you're thinking like that is you're removing the ceiling. You're removing the ceiling of something that basically as a as a dentist, as a as a technician, you are only capable of X and it's limited by one, your ability, but two, by time. At some point, your ability is as good as it gets, and you cannot do any more in any given unit of time. Once you but do this, ceiling is already so there, high. you remove the ceiling, but you do you do step back. It is right, but Trey, that office, ceiling, make less. Trey, that ceiling is so high. So if you're like a pool guy, your ceiling might be, I don't know, I, I, I'm sorry to offend the pool people out there, but maybe you can make like 80 grand a year if you're a really busy pool guy. And then you realize I should hire other pool guys and that's the way to get there. Dentists can actually earn as a solo provider three, four, five, six, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000. So think about the guy who's just working four days a week, three days a week, loves what he does, and he's taking home six, seven hundred grand. He's going to take a hit when he offloads that work to the next guy.
It's so I think big, and you touched on big, that. It's you can't sit on a podcast like this and pitch one thing over another because the right. individualism is what matters. Agreed. There's Agreed. the yeah. guy that's going to do it and figure out his entrepreneurial profit and think, shit, I'm only doing 25%, 20%, but he loves his business and he right. loves doing what he does. And then there's the guy that's going to come in and just crush it and say, but you know what? I don't really like the dentistry. I and, want to go in, into the more entrepreneurial type adventure. And Trey, right, back, to the, back to the 25% though, right? That doesn't factor in the benefits. And I always talk about True. this to people, the owner benefits, right? Your your health insurance is probably, you're not factoring in that in your car and the CE vacation you and all the things, right? There's a ton of owner benefits that are not that are not accounted for, or they are accounted for as expenses, which then decreases that net, which makes it feel a little bit more humbling. So you're right. It is not just a, it's, it's, it's a quick cursory math that says, cool, I'm in the right direction. I'm trending over time in the right direction, or I've got some work to do because I'm, my net is only 20 and I'm giving 20% and I'm giving free labor. That would mean your overhead is, is, is way too high. I, I want to ask you guys a question. It's just kind of uh, just another layer of this. So we hear this from dentists all the time. I want to, I want to work on my business versus in it. Mm -hmm. So just so people that say that, cause, cause people will say, okay, cool, cool. They'll say like two or three adages. I want to work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. And I want to work on it versus in it. And everybody's like, cool, good for you. Awesome. Let's unpack that shit. What is working on the business mean? What are the great, five skill sets that you need to do so that you can either be listening to this and say, that's me or holy shit, that is not me. So what are the five things that you have to do to work on your business? I don't want uh, uh, just in any order, guys. So can, can I just add a little more context to this? Yeah, of course. Right? I, I think this is so good because you, you do hear it, right? It's from the E-Myth. It's, it's, you know, they were kind of the E-Myth <laughs> position and those books were saying, well, hey, spend some time working on your business, but it's never been delineated what that actually looks like, right? Does that mean I come in on Friday and do payroll? Is that working right. on that, the business? That, that's what I think most people think it is. It's, it, I want to be on Fridays. I'm going to work on the business. My door is going to be shut. Yeah. So I think... I'm not going to skirt around the question, but here's some things that would be considered in working on my business. Like give me the domains as well, okay. like the high level be, domains. It would be marketing. Right. It would be systemization. Right. It would be looking for bottlenecks of efficiency. Okay. That could be in process systemization. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, it could be um, conversations about expansion, meaning going to look at land, going to look at new growth. locations, having conversations growth. with the growth. Yeah. Anything of growth. Thank you, Trey. Um, uh, you know, Craig, you kind of favorite got one. one, my favorite yeah. one, what vision leadership. Well, that for sure, oh, like a whole okay, day so, on that. Yeah. So, so of those domains that we just said, Trey, like, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I want to hear Trey. You have well, I think, and I was going to step on something where kind of where Craig, you're going. There is a foundational aspect of it that as you start to list these things out, you need to start understanding. And, and you hear it a lot now talking about speaking the language of money, but you need a vision. You need work, all the things that Craig's going to uh, illuminate at this point in time. Mm, but you also mm. need a, a solid foundation in your financials, yeah, you go. Of your balance yeah. sheet, your P&Ls. You need to understand these things so now you can make decisions that allow data to show you good decision, bad decision. Okay, got Turn it. Data around, analysis, systemization. Okay. So you have so to have now, that type of deal. 
one more question now for you guys, and I'm not trying to take the world's greatest. I wouldn't even be second greatest moderator. I would never think of that myself yeah. in that high of regard to insult the easy, great Peter easy, Bolden. Easy. Um, so of all those categories, marketing, systemization, processes, data, leadership, visioneering, what do you think is the most rare for our dental colleagues? Uh, vision. Yeah, I me, would agree. Me too. Okay, so agree. so by virtue of us being scientists and medical professionals, we're really good at recipes. The five seconds of acid etch and the <laughs> seven seconds of air thinning, and then the dual cure, and make sure you don't put the light hey, on it. We can, love can that. You put a pin in that before you, as you start crushing the, the systems people. Can you no, just, no, no, no. I'm not. You need it all. You nope. need it all. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to crush anybody because, like, listen, I'm. I'll. I'll be the first to admit. You know, but, all ideas, no, no ground. What I was gonna, all I was going to say. Uh, Craig, is that this is on your business. These are the things. It's the bulletproof. Exactly. Path, right? It's the yeah. visioneering. It's the how do you how are you going to build and expand, like Trey's saying, your growth? How are you going to market? How are you going to what is your process for enrolling better? Like this is right. the bulletproof pathway is the working on your business. It is right. not payroll right. and 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 cleaning the office or what, you know, tidying up or what, what, I don't know. Yeah. Organizing your desk and, and organizing cotton rolls and creating some. Oh, cool if ever we're stuff. confused again, us chickens, if ever we're confused again about what working on and Trey, look, there's yeah, but these collapse into domains though. I all know, those, I know. But yeah. Like, all saying is that, but, I, but I'm just saying that this is why oh, dentists are, you guys should have told me it wasn't very clear on the screen. Now it's clear. Okay. okay whatever. Anyway, so, Sorry, sorry, Craig, I interrupted. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. So um, uh, what I was saying, though, is that so we're being told that you should work in versus, mm -hmm. I mean, on versus in and work harder. I mean, work smarter, not harder and blah, 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 all these adages. And we run off and mm -hmm. we enroll in the Bulletproof Mastermind and we do all these things or we hire another coach or whatever we're doing. And then it's like, oh, shit, I, I actually don't really know what I want. I don't have this thing in me. And uh, um. And I, I'm not pointing out that it can't be cultivated, but it's very difficult to help people understand what they want. I have a very distinct feeling for you guys, um, Peter and Trey, that had you been in pizza businesses, you would not be flipping pizzas right now. You would have figured out a system, systematized way to reproduce it. And you'd probably be hot on the heels of Papa John or some local guy with three or four seven locations. That's wow. what you did in dentistry. You guys are built. I'm sorry. So I blew it then. Could have been a pop-up. Well, well there's Could better profit margins in pizza. Still that's can. for shit, sure. You still can. You be passionate. Papa Bolden. Papa Bolden. I'm going to buy that URL and sell it to you, by the way. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that people don't know what they're even doing. They're just going yes. off and doing this thing. And I hear that. So what are you going to do on Friday when you're working in? And they don't, no one expects that question. And yeah, and, but no one, you, you know, it's such a good question because we throw it around flippantly. And then when someone says that back to us, we're like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Go work on your business. And no one ever dissects. Yeah. Except Craig, the Craigs of the world say, well, well specifically, what are you going to do? You know, work on my business. I'm going to go in there and pay payroll. And, and, and check, and check, uh, you know, check if the reconcile. I'm going to reconcile things. Supply room, you know, yeah. and you're right. Do. Like it's a big delineation of like, this is how it should be called the work on your business pathway, not bulletproof pathway. All right. But it's also like, what do you like to do? Well, I really, I just, I just want to be left alone. 
Okay. <laughs> I understand you want to be left alone, but you just hired four docs and they need your help. Do you, well, geez, can I hire a CEO to talk to them? Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. You can hire a CEO that used to run like a chick, you know, four Chick-fil-A's, but when they talk, when the doctors say, should I, how should I sequence the quadrant dentistry? Like, you know, I had this threat, uh, the threat on a thread on, um, Facebook recently. I don't know if I told you this, please uh, stop me if I've told spoken about this on the podcast, but we did this vi video of my practice and it went viral and well, viral, viral ish, you know, a couple thousand views and it found its way over to a Facebook page, a really nice Facebook page. And, but immediately all the dentists are like, holy shit, what is that office? 13,000 square feet. What is his problem? What, what imagine what his facility costs are like, mm -hmm. this guy's crazy. You know, they don't realize that facility costs are a percentage. That's the big thing that dentists don't realize. Everything is a percentage. So it doesn't matter if your facility costs is $3,000. If it's 48% of your profit and loss, you're right. failing. Right. Or if your or if your facility costs is $400,000, but it's only 4%, you're winning. Right. So, so people, but people are torching this. And then one guy who's a consultant, I clicked Wait, on this people Facebook were torching page. this and you just happened to bounce into this Facebook room? No, someone about tagged, your me. Office? They uh -huh. tagged me. They tagged oh. me. Oh, here, look at they this. I'm on Facebook. Oh, they're talking about me. No, look no, they, I got tagged. And I'm happy about that. It's totally cool. But someone's like, you know, so I got a bunch of direct messages. Can I pick your brain? <laughs> to which I said, yes. But how familiar are you with what I've done with my partners? Uh, I don't know. Have you seen the book now? Have you seen the podcast now? I'm like, well, start there. Yeah. Because you know, it's all there. Like I literally wrote a book about all of it. Before we start um, so, X, X picking my brain, let's, let's, uh, yeah, no, but, it, but it like, oh my God, thank you. So number one, it pointed to the fact that most of the people don't still know about Bulletproof, which is promising for, for us here on the, on the microphones. But moreover than that, it was this unbelievable awakening that people were upset that I was a dentist. So I had more than one, one person in particular, who's a dental business coaches. Why did you waste your time going to dental school? Wow. Most in quote, and I'm going to try to remember most dentists go into dentistry because they want to help people and see patients. So I said, how do you know what most dentists want? And also how do you not know? How would you know that I was a dentist providing direct patient care for 24 years? And by the way, had I not been a dentist, I would not be able to do what I did. So it points over full circle to the dentist saying, I want to work on the business, not in it. I don't really like people. I just want to go to my office on Friday and do paperwork. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the people you have that are there that are looking for a leader? I want to hire a CEO. How many of us have heard that? I'm going to hire a CEO. Yep. Okay. Well, who's going to tell the CEO about how to run a dental business? Well, they're going to do CEO stuff. They're going to figure out KPIs. <laughs> KPIs will save my ass. Because this is a more common deal of CEO down to an operations person. But when all really of them you need, need a leader. Manager. Right. But a manager needs, an implementer manager needs someone saying the strategic direction. And sure. if that person is not a dentist with no dental experience, it's going to be very difficult. Could you guys do what you do on a daily basis without being a dentist? Just honestly, not legally. Just could you, what you're doing? On no, a daily I, basis? no, 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 not as well. Yeah. I would well, have what no parts would be deficient? I would have no, I wouldn't know. Like, it's like, I would have no empathy for, for, yeah, it's hard. It would be hard to instruct given that I didn't, my, I didn't have the come up 
of going through all the things, right? Yep. I didn't start as the dishwasher and work as my way to the owner. I did, you know, so I, I knew all the roles, all the job. I answered phones and back in the day, like, you know, I put TVs up in the ceiling, like the, the grind up. I just feel like you, it, it's contextually important. Now, Craig, there are many <laughs> successful DSO CEOs that have never been in dentistry, right? So I don't want to for me, I think it was important. Um, but that's my confirmational bias potentially. Trey, but here's saying? a question. And I'll, I, I had this conversation this morning uh, on a phone call where I did say at some point, I am very visionary in what I do. However, I got here, although I was always that way, I got here by learning through an operational role. Mm -hmm. I had mm. operational chops, so to speak, that got me here, that allowed me to then live in that visionary role altogether and be much better because I came from that operational background well because I came from the dentist chair. Yep. So I have learned so much along the way. To take this even further, to allude to what you mentioned, Pete, what do you think, can a dentist be, on average, let's say, can a dentist be a, C a good CEO of a very large organization because mm. from what i understand talking to a lot of people the general consensus is no they don't want a dentist hmm. in that ceo role it's some of the much the larger bigger, ones much bigger dso's interesting that's a that's so you're a saying that it's a benefit to a point and then maybe it's a detriment well and in in some ways how are you limited in and i don't mean to the, don't take this as the negative way but the small-minded aspect mm. but just the fact of how is your vision limited coming from where we come whereas mm -hmm. coming from nothing you come in and you say let's go buy 30 right now not whoa we bought two the year before and now I three this year and then four this year yeah your optics have been trained by your come up versus sure. you know, versus someone who's new in the industry is like let's just go raise a bunch of money and get practices like what how's this so hard you know like yeah, oh, yeah look at your friend the together. time window your up, friend. up the scale I have friend like Craig, I got people doing that all the time. No, I know, but there's there's one friend who are main nameless, the guy that I went to dinner with you in Atlanta a couple of years ago with Josh. And uh, this guy is just a serial entrepreneur. And he's like, Hey, I want to own dental practices. How many does he have now? Shit, like 60. But he started like three like, years ago. Yeah, I was like, That's cute. You're gonna get in the dentist. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, you'll have yeah. you're not gonna do as well as me. Now he's got like 60. <laughs> right. But I also want to point one thing and add another layer to this too right now. Like look at our personalities and our differences and how each of us being dental business owners have very different lives. So like, I don't know, Peter, I'm going to guess that you don't spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time coaching and developing your individual docs in your practice. And that's okay. Correct. You know, because, because because I don't need because there's like yeah. they themselves are stuck like they're okay. Well, I know. I, I'll I, answer I, the question. No, Craig, I don't do a lot of talent development. Right, and I and I actually think they don't need to. I agree with you, and I also agree with the idea that if you did, they'd get better too. And it's okay. I'm not I'm not throwing it out there. Like there's things that you can do as a, a, the 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 level of ground game you have through bulletproof and helping those people. I know you can help them too. It's fine. I'm not throwing okay. any. It is what it is. Trey, do you spend a lot of time like coaching, developing dentists? Do you like doing it? Do you do it? Do you not like doing I, it? I like doing it. And that was my intent on the come up. As I've gotten larger, I do much less of it. Mm. And is it because you want to do less of it? Or it's just whatever. No, it's not. It's because uh, the priority and the realization of what my time constraints allow says that cannot be, that is not a scalable place for me. Understood. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Got it.
So that's just, I just wanted to point out like, and, and if, if, if the your business you want to grow, if you whiteboard it out, if you like doing that, you should build a business that allows mm. you to do more of that. If you hate doing that, like it, it points to me to the situation where I had a masterminder tell me he wants exactly what I have. And when he came mm -hmm. down, he saw 50 people running on a building. He's like, holy shit, get me out of here. So I just think success is building what you want and then liking what you built. And I think just that long tirade was just kind of an example of, of just I love, I, look, I, this is one of my favorite, you know, I really like that you brought that up just organically. Cause I think it's one of the, it's so important to delineate what, when you say you're going to work on it, what, you know, don't just work on all of it. This thing, I'm going to go work on it. Like dig in, find something, find two things, find one thing that you're going to move the lever on, fix that. Right. Um, but sometimes we just don't even know what, what it, what it is. I just like the idea that people uh, people let you go when you say certain adages. I know. I do. This. I let people go. Lip service. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, okay. Go gay. Good. Yeah, you know, what's the plan for this year? You know, work smarter, not harder. Good. Go get them. You go get them. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of, um, speaking of, so we talked about the DSO. Do you guys know that there is a there seems to be a a large rise of um, companies that consult starting their own. DSO. Have you guys seen all this? Yeah. All right. Did like define uh, that I, a little I, bit. Um, Craig, am I allowed to say? I mean, I guess I could, right? Like, I know that. Um, anyway, I just see. It. I don't know if you're allowed. I even. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. So well, I don't think you're allowed to say it. Well, anyway, I'm just seeing a lot of a lot of companies that are, were in the business of advising dentists and 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 stuff now go into a hey join us scenario. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, there's sure. three examples I, I have in my brain. I'm just going to. Oh, look. I know that guy. Yeah. I talk um, about him all the time. You he did? Had, yeah. He had like a, hey, let me help you become a DSO and now join my DSO. Right. right? Just, yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, a great play. Didn't, I didn't know if you guys had seen that as well. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, yeah here, here's but a consulting. I, I think there's a few and far between because the reality of that is to have the consulting network that's large enough to go, you will exhaust the, you will exhaust your consulting network and then you got to go be someone that's acquiring. And if you have a large consulting network, great, you're going to, you're going to kill it. But if your consulting network is relatively small, then you're not, you're barely starting with a head start at that point in time. But mm -hmm. I see, I've seen that for sure. And then by the way, another sleepwalking uh, euphemism, like the adages we just talked about is, you know, I just want to take some chips off the table. <laughs> Everybody leaves it alone at that point. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to you know, associate with a DSO. I want to take some chips off the table. What does that mean? Where are the chips going? Because you can't leave them off the table. You have to go put them somewhere. Do you have a return that's better? <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, I mean, look, look. That's an abdication of responsibility. Yeah, if someone says anything else. If someone says to me, "Chips off the table," that's a that's a higher level. Uh, They're saying, "I'm done." I'm, yeah, that's a higher level. I'm burnt content. out. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. It sounds um, better. I'm gonna say that too when when that yeah time yeah. Comes. You know what? I gotta take some chips off the table. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to the beach. I'm, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, guys, I think with that, we wrap. Yeah, we'll take these chips off the table and close this, yeah, close this bad boy out. Let's, let's, let's take our chips off the table and go home. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you guys.